Welcome to the Haas Hopcast. I'm your host, Micah Cauley. A hot day in the Yakima Valley and excited for this international version of today's Haas Hopcast. Uh, North America, but specifically moving south of the border for some fun and cerveza, some beer. But it's Cerveceria Transpeninsular. Did I say that right, Colin? You nailed it, man. Dead on. I wouldn't, I, I'll slip you a 20 later, I promise. Nice. We have the founder with us and uh, hanging out with Alejandro from Brewing Solutions. How are you, my friend? Hello. Hola. Alejandro Cortez Gonzalez, right? Correct. Okay. You're my guy. <laughs> Thank you. You're my guy too, my guy. Remember, it's with an S, Cortez. Cortez oh. with an S, right? Yeah, Fun fact. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was so excited when Alejandro came to Haas. Um, a technical brewer, got a lot of experience in Mexico and moved up to Yakima, joined the team as a brewing solutions specialist, runs our nano brewery, yeah. and also provides technical support uh, for Latin America and other parts of the world. So pretty cool to have you on the team. Best job ever. I really like it. It's pretty good. It could be as good as Colin's job, which is like the tip of the spear, making beer in Mexico, which is pretty cool. Pretty fun, actually. How long have you been doing that now? So, uh, short story long, six years. We're going on six years, and um, it's been a, a wild ride. I come from a textile background of 30 years, and then I've shifted gears at 45, and now I work in flip-flops and shorts, and I get to go to Yakima every couple of weeks. I love it. So, how did you end up brewing, owning a brewery in Mexico? Crazy question. So basically, it was I just I've always been a fan of craft beer. I mean, I'm I'm 52 and I saw the San Diego boom. Uh, textile background. I used to have a screen print warehouse um, side by side to Carl Strauss's uh, first satellite lo outside location. I had no idea what making beer was like and i saw these big fermenters and i at that time chris kramer uh, a little different than he is now he was this younger guy and i'm like what do you do here he's like we make beer i'm like what i mean like keystone and schaefer he's like no man <laughs> handed me like what was the growlers then which was like the oil or uh, the olive oil jugs the clear jugs of raw, uh, red trolley oh yeah i was oh, 20 yeah. years old it was 1990 and that was it for me i i fell in love with it um I don't have a brewing background. I, I love craft beer. I love what San Diego's done and the Pacific Northwest, but at 45 in the textile market, I saw the Baja beer scene starting to boom, but it was missing that family experience that I'm used to in the States. And so I decided to take a bold shift of career and, and gave up 30 years of textile to, to dive into the beer industry from a business point of view instead of just a home brewer or a previous brewer. That's and, one of the great things about the industry. I think the boom of craft is you wanting to, something you're passionate about, but wanting to contribute and build a business and build a brand and make some, make some great beer that you like to drink, but you, that you want to share with other people absolutely. in your community. So. Yeah, it was it was an it was a it was interesting when we started because um, there's a few other Americans that kind of touched the Mexican market. There's Jordan uh, from Baja Brewing. He's a good fella. He's kind of one of the pioneers actually of craft beer in Mexico. Uh, but it's like he's isolated out there in Cabo San Lucas. But we're really one of the first American guys to dive in. A um, few other guys kind of touch it. But I really really have embraced working in Mexico as an American making beer and uh, finding the right partners. And in this case, sitting here with you guys with Haas, couldn't ask for a better partner, serious. What size uh, brew house do you have? In so we had a seven barrel direct fire and now we have a three vessel 15 barrel. Okay. We're, we're getting close to 4,000 barrels this year, uh, pushing through 14, 15 barrel fermenters, a couple brights. We're all excited. We just got our Paul inline filter, so we're going to speed up our, our blonde and our lagers a little quicker. But, yeah, we just four or five cores, and we play around with some other 
you know, different styles. We did Berliner Wises, this, that, and the other. But that, that's our size of our brew house is a 15-barrel direct fire. And you or, said, excuse me, steam. And you said lager and blonde as your two, two kind of flagship beers. You said you had four or five core beers? Yes, it's crazy because, you know, being a San Diegan, you really want to be like, oh, I got the best IPAs and this and that. And really, i rather adapt to the market than try to force the market to adapt to what I like. Honestly, I like all IPAs, whether they're clear or hazy or turbid or not. But we found that the lager profile and the blonde ales is, you know, people ask for a clara, give them a clara. You know, what is that to people? They really, it could be a pilsner, it could be whatever, but ours is a blonde and it's a big portion of our sales. Obviously on the, what we want to talk about hoppy stuff is, yeah, we have a great line of hoppy beer, San Diego style IPAs as we call them, or West Coast. And again, the recent expansion of getting our hands on some of the new hop varieties that have been able to, given our usage abilities, really helped our, our, our beer get more advanced. And like double IPAs, hazies, West Coasts, you know, style beers. So earlier this year, Alejandro made a trip down to the brewery. What That's was that right. like for you? You guys uh, were able to collaborate on a, on a brew, but uh, how did you first learn about uh, Colin and the brewery? Yeah, so it was probably back in what like 2015 or 2014 that i made a trip to to baja and honestly at that moment i didn't know about transpeninsula when i went uh and i did a collaboration with another brewery and we were just driving around uh in town and then i saw this beautiful spot and colin was there and it was with your first brewmaster i think yeah. and we had pretty interesting conversations about barrel aging at that moment actually i got some barrels from calling uh back in the day oh, wow. uh and it was it was impressive from from the beginning and then certainly we kept in touch and we would always meet at the main trade show in in mexico that is called cerveza mexico so at least once a year we would see each other we would talk a lot and share some beers but yeah it was certainly until he started coming to Yakima more often and I was already at Haas that we bonded connected even more and a lot of things happened uh, in the bars of Yakima yeah what a cool story yeah and, and actually it's really neat because I have an, an unfound passion for White Pass I love it there and Alex re- yeah I was snowboarder I'm a skier by okay. starting out I, I respect both two or one it's all the same for me <laughs> You know, I'm not going to get in that conversation because someone might throw me out the front door. But um, no, Alex started learning how to snowboard, yeah. and um, I'm I've got my first taste of White Pass like 12 years ago, and I've always been like I don't really talk about it. And I'm like, where do you go? Oh, somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. I never mm-hmm. talk about the mountain, you know. Yeah, and keep cards close. Yeah, keep them close. And then one of your other coworkers took Alex up for I guess his first one or two times, mm-hmm. um, and then. We started going last couple winters, and I, I'm proud to say that I helped him go from the carpet to all the way to, to high camp, and that was kind of a big deal for us. And it was fun to be able to, to see a friend and a brother like learn a sport, you know, that comes from a totally different area. That's we don't you know, we have snow in Mexico, but not resorts, mm-hmm. right? And be able to do have friendship, do business, and enjoy the fun of 
you know, educating each other on something. In this case, the the ski experience, snowboard experience was really special for me. I mean, you can't ask for a better relationship uh, centered around things that you love, but the skiing portion, snowboarding portion is pretty cool as well to come enjoy up up here in the Northwest, which will, if you should do it yourself at some point. I go sledding with my kid yeah. down the tubing hill. Yeah. Because uh, I, I haven't learned how to, you're talking about go from the carpet to <laughs> getting up to high camp, but maybe that'll happen someday after a few more beers and Yakima bars. But yeah. we'll yeah. get to that. Let's talk about this collab, the Zilla Killa. Um, yeah. I grew up around the Yakima Valley. I know Zilla Washington very well. Uh, the name's a little bit like, whoa, that's pretty not controversial, <laughs> but like, whoa. Here's a 7.1 ABV. I started digging into what's in this beer. And you're throwing flex in the kettle. Mm-hmm. You got incognito. Yeah. You've got Lupo Max plus 586 Talus and Eclipse. There's a, a lot happening. I got here how this beer was built. How was this recipe uh, created? Well, so Colin has been pushing the envelope, particularly in the Mexican market, trying to use all the innovative products. So, for example, they were already using flex. They have already tried incognito uh, because, yeah, certainly always looking for better ways to brew uh, hoppy beers. And you can talk about that later, but you have been collecting hardware recently, not only our collaboration, but r- really big awards in, in, the, in the Mexican brewing scene with his IPA. So uh, I was like, okay, what can I has, uh, what can has bring to the table uh, that Trans Peninsula hasn't brewed with? And 586 was one of the options. Uh, Talus, they already had it in-house. And Eclipse was another very important one. Yeah, that was fun. So on top of everything, it's, it's still a, a Pacific Northwest IPA, an American IPA, so we need some Centennial as well. Uh, but he's used Centennial before, so let's use it in Lupamax form uh, to have a different flavor contribution there. So yeah, it was, it was a really fun experience. I mean, making the beer together with Alejandro and, and, uh, with Jose and the guys and, and being able to get access to some of those newer style products was really special. Even again, not being a brewer, but how special it was for me being an owner of a business that's pushing forward. And my brewing team was ecstatic and, um, the flavor profile, I, I actually saved a case, and I actually cracked one about two weeks ago. Okay, this and beer it, was brewed in February, right? Yeah, <laughs> and it's not long in the tooth. I swear to God, I poured it it's out. It's aging well. It's aging very well, and obviously it's long gone. I mean, the beer's gone. I kept it just for sensory and for yeah. fun and to see the stability of first, because for us, those are some foreign hops, right? For sure. So for us to uh, make this beer, it was it was a collaboration of, of our supplier and Alex and moving around with the flex and the incognito and all that was quite cool. And then the name, I like the word Zilla. I know what, what goes on in Zilla and the beer has <laughs> zero Simcoe in it. So we decided to call it the Zilla Killer. I thought okay. it was kind just, of a fun, bold way to... Just going for yeah, it. Yeah, why not, right? I mean, I'm in Mexico. It's okay. you know. <laughs> so it was fun and we, we passed it through the group here and everyone was okay with it. And and it was fun, and it got a lot of press, and, and it ended up winning a, a bronze medal in our local beer competition. Okay. And um, Some of that hardware he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. that was, of course, the, the category with the most entries, and I would say that particularly in Ensenada and in Baja overall, as San Diego is so close uh, across from the border, um, IPAs are a big deal. So actually winning an, an IPA medal in that competition in particular is, is a big deal. 
Very yeah. exciting. And it, 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 so Eclipse is a HBA variety out of Australia, which is kind of fun. Yeah. And then HBC 586 has its own unique kind of tropical profile mango. I get some out of that. And then Talus, of course, is a very, not aggressive variety, but it's an intense Neo-Mexicanus hop. So, and to have Centennial as a nod to the West Coast. And then, of course, the innovative products with Flexen Incognito. Uh, what, what did the beer fresh, what was it tasting like fresh when you... When you first got got it packaged and just yeah, cracked it, for can. me it was uh, kind of what we were going for. That was a modern take take on a classic. So with Talos and Eclipse, you have that very potent citrus background. So very zesty grapefruit, a little bit of uh, grapefruit pith, uh, lime. But then with 586, you start bringing all those tropical components as well. So I think depending on how far along in your glass you were, you would be like, oh, this is very classic or this, this is very, very modern, right? So I think we were going for that for sure. Yeah, we were, we were going for our own version of a hybrid of a West Coast new style versus a Pacific Northwest, you know, traditional IPA and a kind of our, our own version of, you know, of a Pacific Northwest meets West Coast was kind of our catchphrase. I got a lot of, uh, a lot of grapefruit. Um, good side of the mango i know sometimes people say mango is not always good but i got good mango flavor on it i got a little bit of the a little bit of a pineapple in there um it was super dry finish mm -hmm. you could you could sip it it would finish out quick on the palate and man it was so so delicious the color was nice it was um you know not totally copper it was more on the the, the yellow color so to speak not so not so traditional pacific northwest color um and it just it did it, it fared really well and in, in month one and a half two is when the beer finished and it was still holding up well and um people loved it and we've been asked to do it again mm -hmm. and okay. and i think we will try to not try we will do it again maybe we have to mess around with the hop variety a little bit if it's some of those availabilities still there but i think they are obviously for our for our reach because it did well and i would like to rebrew it and and put it in front of people because it sold so fast. And very importantly, it was, be it, it was bitter. So okay. <laughs> what yeast did so, you use? Uh, it was just uh, California ale. Yes, California so ale yeast. Very clean beer, bitter, dry, and very aromatic. Well, I'm looking forward to round two because I mm -hmm. I didn't get a taste. I mean, I think I think I saw some at Haas, but it didn't last very long. And... I brought a six pack, but <laughs> yeah. there are more than six people at Haas. That's it went quick. We had that. We used the. It was funny deal. So the artwork was the color of the Seattle Seahawks. So I tied in the the fluorescent green and the blue. Yep. And then we used the traditional neighborhood watch guy. You know, the 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 tip, the hat, and all that. Yeah, the cut out the shadow. I saw the. Yeah, and he's using the hedge clippers, Corona hedge clippers to. Chop down the hop field, so it's kind of uh, fun. Yeah, yeah, the can is, the can sounds like it matched up with the beer, and uh, to win an award for that is uh, just a icing on the cake to yeah. me for you yeah. guys and something cool you're going to continue this into a, the next version. So we'll have to brainstorm names at the end of this and yeah, yeah. I'm thinking like the Yakima. Oh, I better not. I better not right now. <laughs> like like Freddy Krueger, the Yakima strikes back or something. Oh. The yak strikes back. Oh, not in marketing. So okay. Yeah, he's like, I'm, I'm not okay. No, but you know, Alex. Alex said we were very very thankful. We our Camino del Rio, which is our American IPA, 
uh, all with Haas products. That took the gold medal in, in our version of GABF in Mexico. It's called Cerveza Mexico, where, where Alex goes and, and a lot of the real BJCP judges show up from the States and Europe. And that was a lot of entries, and we were very thankful to scoop up a gold medal for that one. We entered three beers into the competition because we don't brew for competition. We literally Laverne and Shirley style, pull it right off the line and send it. And, and that's that's our style. We're not contest brewers, but we like to see where we fare up. And when our name got called, I was I was so shocked, but also so appreciative because I, I felt it was a winner, you know, and it was it was something to be proud of because we put in the work. It had, it had gotten a bronze before in the service uh, competition in uh, Pacifico and Ensenada two years prior with our previous brewer, but it was missing something. And then I think that with the hot profile changes we made, um, took it to the next level. And you get emotional about that when you... I did. It was cool because, I mean, just like it is here at GABF or World Beer Cup, if you get your name called out for something in a category that is what this whole valley primarily is built off of, right? And for us in the world of Mexican beer, making hoppy beers are kind of like the what everyone's striving for. You know, even though I said earlier, lagers is more Mexico-esque, but most of the brewers want to depict what's going on in the States. So it was it was cool to scoop that up. Great to get a peek inside what's happening. I know I've got a lot of friends that vacation in Mexico and, of course, get down your way. There's a lot of this cross-cultural connection, even the Yakima Valley having a sister city with Morelia, Mexico. Um, so other, other styles of beer in Mexico that are prominent, obviously, is Mexican lager big? You know what's funny? <laughs> because that's just, it is here, right? Yes, it's huge. It's yeah. huge Especially seasonally. Like now, people are already throwing <laughs> out their so version this, of a Mexican uh, lager. Barrio lager, we, we don't really call them Mexican. Mexican lagers or Baja style lagers because it's just a lager, you know. I mean, it's it's a it's a light lager or a clara again. We um, actually make one called Pila de Pajaros, which means bird pile, which is a boat beer. And what we've done with that is we've depicted like a pale lager, kind of like a Pacifico. And um, we use lime zest. So we do is we just cut limes and kind of bruise them and put them in the the gunny sack and let them be in the 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 transfer process and it gets just that little bit of zest no salt like the other beers that you see now people are doing the lime and salt already Very I think popular, the salt, yeah. it is but i think it kind of if you want salt you can put it in there but you can't take it out right just mm. like what granny says when you're cooking right <laughs> so but the lime zest that's our version of a mexican style lager but we just call it a light lager i'm getting thirsty i'm i'm hoping you brought some and then go pop the cooler here yeah, after the show in the valley there are really really hot days we need couple of those yeah it does get hot so the future of the brewery you guys said you're 4,000 barrels or so now you got uh, almost, yeah. almost you're getting close to that that number it's a great number um, obviously the passion the crew the partnership uh, the next round of a collab is coming so we want to hear about that and then where do you see yourself kind of going from here where do you see the beer scene in Mexico going is it still continuing you mentioned IPA is a huge driver right now and people are striving for these hoppy beers is it catching up to the US as as far as volume goes in the market or do you feel that well I'll answer real quick sorry I didn't mean to jump out there but I think that well I know that Mexican craft at this state right now in our little Acermex which is kind of like a you know, a rough version of Brewers Association. We're not even consider registering at 1% of the consumption of beer in Mexico at this point, mm -hmm. which is pretty astronomical, right? So um, the future of the, of the market, I see some of us that are five to 15 barrel guys, you know, stabilizing and growing internally with 
with brewpub models. It's very enticing to go to the grocery stores because they all want it, but they're very hard on us. They don't pay well. The cold chain storage is still a huge issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that brewpub model is the way to go. Over-the-counter satellite tap rooms, co-op tap rooms is the route we're going. Um, even though we are canning, we are we are using a mobile canner that's been established. So that was never to be thought of before. You're right. You know, everything was in bottles out of a Mahine or if you had the money, you had a Prospero or something. But bottled beer is almost dead. We still have to put some of it in there for the traditionalists. But canned beer, 16 ounce, 12 ounce, sleek, brew pub model is, is the success story. Um, it's very, very enticing to want to sell four or five pots to a grocery store, but they just beat the heck out of your beer and they don't treat it well. Yeah. And then you get the experience too, of talking to your team and just being in the atmosphere, I would assume, mm-hmm. and being where the beer is made and making that connection. Cause it seems like it's very much a, uh, relaxed environment is how I would envision it. Well, and also Micah, we're, we're buying in dollars and selling in pesos. So any way we can capture revenue, because you got to remember the price isn't cheaper because we buy the materials, they're all being imported. And a, a current Imperial pint or a 16 ounce pour is $3.80 to $4.20 US relative to the peso. So that we have to put more over the counter and less in a can or a bottle for off premise. Great point. Okay. Yeah, in general, the market, I think Colin captured well. Uh, I would say brewers are as excited as uh, as ever uh, trying to brew the new crazy styles, you know? So certainly uh, they are aware of the trends that pop up everywhere. Uh, But on the other hand, you have to combine the passion with paying the bills. So that's always a balancing act and yeah, That's the business side of I mean, it's it's important in today, especially in today's world where everyone is getting hit from every direction. Sure. And inflation, raw material costs, the malt world's going through its challenges right now. Everybody's feeling aluminum this aluminum costs. Yeah, that's doubled been up. ongoing. And if you can get it, or especially a smaller uh, brewery, not contracting these large volumes, but it's good to hear that things are going as well as they can go, and you're going to be rocking it out. Did I have a question for you? You mentioned Chris Kramer and Red Trolley in mm-hmm. your early days and you seem like a craft beer fan what are some of the the breweries that inspired you from your early days getting into craft and got you on this path a little bit more sure i would say <clears throat> number one would obviously be carl strauss for me because that was the first sip and that was where we would go uh, my early well i don't want to say early teens because that was illegal to drink beer in, under <laughs> but we used to go to the carl strauss brew pub model uh pizza port was really a big I was a big I still am a big fan because they had the the model of pizza games and food and or a beer and um, then outside of San Diego I would say um, Racer 5 so Bear Republic big fan huge fan of Torpedo and Sierra Nevada Pale Ale I, I can't say enough about it Rogue Rogue was something we could find in San Diego which was I mean Pacific Northwest beers were almost impossible to find down in SoCal. So Rogue, I think, was the first one I got outside of California making made beer. I was never like the Pliny guy. You know, everyone always goes, Pliny this. I mean, it's a great beer, right? But I was never Incredible. like the... Pliny's awesome. It yeah. is it is awesome, but it wasn't didn't inspire me. It just made me enjoy their great beer, right? And Lagunitas, I mean, shoot, man. When IPA came out, it was... That was really revolutionary for us, you know, down in San Diego in the early days of 
And the, the owner's story is similar. He comes from textile background. It's kind of a neat story. But yeah, those, those would be mine. I'd say in San Diego, it'd be Carl Strauss, Pizza Port, and then Coronado. Ballast as well. Colby Chandler is a personal buddy of mine. And I got to try a lot of his early stage beers. He was, because we worked at Roos Chris together. And it's a steak restaurant. And he was homebrewing, making Ballast Point beer. And he would bring the beer for us to try. And Wild. lo and behold, <laughs> look what he created, right? And yeah. And Paul Segura from, from, Paul Segura is like my mentor from Carl Strauss. He's a, just a wonderful human being. And comes down and works with us and helps us a lot. So th- those are my personals. So That's fun. Yeah, for me, it's kind of a different story because I was born and raised in Mexico City, so it's really nowhere close the border. So the, the first craft beers that really trapped me were stouts. And I now understand why, because certainly, I mean, even imports, those are, are the beers that hold up better. You know, IPAs really don't travel well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can keep them around for months and months. Even if I tried, because yeah, friends would come to the States and bring beers back and then you would save them for a special occasion. And it was an IPA, right? You didn't know better back then. Uh, but yeah, it was first stouts. And then a trip to San Diego for sure opened my, my eyes to the pleasures of hoppy beer for yeah for sure pizza port el Smith, those two breweries for me were pretty special that's awesome so talk about the future and flavor has alejandro shared with you some of the fun fun new hop varieties because i'm thinking of the collab round too uh and what could or would go into that from harvest uh, is there any flavor profiles you guys are looking for or things that you want to capture yeah, he's got me spinning already today we were driving we went out to see shelly and eric demeray i got their name right this time we had a lot of, a lot of conversations about some of the new things that you guys are putting out there and <clears throat> maybe some of them already been touched but uh what was it 550 or 520 522 yeah it's one of the varieties 638 uh i mean just one one uh calling his brewers to use Every single hub variety that he can, uh, they can get their hands on. So. Ten nineteen. Oh man, man. ten nineteen. You said it. You said the. You said the number. Yeah. I mean, I hate to get too high on a hopper, like um, get too excited, but I've tasted a number of uh, beers with ten nineteen in from different breweries, and of course from our innovation brewery, and I like that that variety. Yeah, you have yet nice to one. try eleven thirty four. That's a lager hop. Oh, you yes. haven't had this yep. with okay. that yet. So I'm right. I'm making mental notes right yeah. now because. <laughs> We we want to be we want to proudly be one of the pushers of the market and, and innovators in Mexico, you know. Not trying to be the big guy or whatever, but I want to be the most innovative, creative, and risk taker. I'm okay with it. You know, 15 barrels of beer can get sold over the counter. Um, we refuse to put a bad beer over the counter, and I don't ever see that happening with any of the products that that Ali puts in front of us. And and also, we want to try McKenzie, which is uh, you know. It's his girlfriend's name as well. It sounds like it'll be a fun lager hop. <laughs> so that one's kind of goes okay, out. I think we should brew a beer for them. Yeah. Absolutely. We're going to call it Macarena. So. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a famous song from the 80s. And my oh. wife called uh, Mackenzie Macarena because it's easier because there's no translation. But yeah, that and then, you know, we're going to we're gonna tip our fingers into the spectrum a little bit. I'm a little nervous because it's new for us to play with something so advanced. So there's going to be a lot of phone calls coming to the to the innovation center for some support on that and hopefully chris can help us a little bit here too with him and alex i think we can understand it and then give it our best shot see yeah. what we get out of it 
being the perfect size that you are, as you mentioned, 15 barrels of beer, you can sell that in your tap room. You can get that rolling and then also be able to incorporate some new things. Spectrum is a very interesting product, and I've uh, used it in collaborations myself in parts of like with Revolution Brewing. We did a collab with Spectrum as a part of that beer, and it was fascinating. The addition points, when do you add it? Do you add it with the yeast? Do you add it mid-fermentation? There's a lot of exploration changes, to be yeah. done, right? Yeah, around this correct. product yeah so. the profile changes depending where you add it so that gives you a lot of flexibility it's going to be fun well i'm excited thank you guys for making time colin so great to meet you, you and i uh, hope to make it down to your brewery maybe i'm gonna be carrying alejandro's bags uh Set a yeah. date. escorting him down there and uh, just chilling out a little bit i think that's the other thing about craft beer and especially whether it's lager blonde ipa it's it's you and your business and your brewing team and everybody through your entire organization that really gets it done day in and day out and makes a great experience for the consumer and makes some great beer which brings us all together it does and, and i really i just want to just thank yakima and the people that have accepted me to come visit them and pick their brains and to even to be sitting here with you guys here and the relationships that i'm that i'm building and we're building, I guess we should say, has been a very, very big part of how I want to push our market in Mexico. <clears throat> and I want more other, I want more of the other brewers in Mexico to come here and see what's available because this valley has a lot to offer for us. And I think it's important that they understand what, what's at their fingertips, not just a pamphlet at a trade show. So, Cheers. Thank you so much, Alejandro, Colin. Thank you, Micah. It's been a pleasure if we finally made it. Yes, I need a beer now. I need yes. a beer. <laughs> well, I appreciate you joining us on today's episode. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Haas Hopcast.